tuning in again for Chop for Time. Uh, Ben James here, and oh, I'm not Ben James. Yeah, but wait, 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 I was, was, was going to say, are we was, doing this? Because uh, I, I mean, well, I'll go along. I was starting with you because you know I wanted to be polite, but then I realized it made it sound like I was talking about myself. <laughs> At least so, you remembered the, the title of yeah. the podcast this week, which is an improvement what, from last week. What did I call it last week? You just you went blank. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, right. You're like okay. this is um, dumb, this uh, is something. Yeah, whatever. We're here. yeah. That's well. Right. It's Thomas here uh, with Ben. <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going well. Monday mornings hitting us. Monday mornings already, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going well. How are you this yeah. morning? Yeah, doing good. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Anything I did. exciting going on? Traveled for a wedding. Right. I uh, went yeah. uh, went a couple hours away. Uh, one of my uh, closer friends uh, was was able to do his ceremony and uh, marry his lovely bride uh, so congratulations scott and alex um hope you guys have you know they're they're in their honeymoon now in much of warmer sunnier climate than <laughs> what we're in here yeah. right now yeah. so no very good very good well i ended up spending saturday uh out at vesuvius lake at about 4 a.m which, Which is just one of those fun words to say. Vesuvius. You know, Lake Vesuvius. Lake Vesuvius. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like a place that, which is a real place. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. an hour and a half, something like that, away uh, from here. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. around that, if that far. But that that's just a good name for if you're sounding like you want to exaggerate a story or a right. place that you right. want to go. Yeah. yeah. Vesuvius. Yeah. Isn't there like a huge mountain called Vesuvius somewhere? I feel like there's a, there's a, like a volcano somewhere called Ves- Vesuvius. But. Okay. You you may yeah we'll need to Google that later and yeah. check in next week yeah we'll we'll fact check on that yeah one. but yeah we, we were filming this music video and had a friend climb into the lake at about seven a.m. when it was about forty five degrees it outside was chilly it was cold Saturday. it was yeah. cold so that was fun that was fun so <laughs> at least it was I fun because you were yeah. not the one having just watching. to go into the lake yeah. yeah yeah so yeah no it was good but Saturday or sat that was Saturday Sunday yes. was great Sunday uh, was yesterday yeah, yeah Sunday was yesterday wow it's one of those days isn't it goodness me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Sunday was a really good morning. Uh, I, I definitely thought it enjoyed was, it. Yeah, um, it was it was definitely nice and back into the swing of things, and um, it was just a good vibe about the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've spent a lot of weeks um, focusing on some heavier topics, mm-hmm. um, and this was by no means not a heavy topic, but it was definitely a more uh, I don't want to say encouraging because we've yeah. tried to make all of them encouraging, yeah. but definitely a yeah. bit more of a, a sort of uplifting, mm-hmm. exciting yeah. thing to, to tackle, you know, which yeah. is probably a nice change of pace yeah. in some capacity. But, um, but yeah, so we were going through Redeemer still. Yes. Yeah. We talked about uh, shame yesterday, which, you know, here we just talked about an encouraging, you know, it was encouraging. Yeah. We talked about shame, <laughs> uh, but we, we really dealt heavily on how God deals with our shame right. because uh, the lead up to all of this, like you said, we've spent three to four weeks that's uh-huh. uh, it's been pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the way I described it yesterday was it kind of beat us up in a good way. Right, right. In, in in a good way, it beat us up. And there's this realization that comes along that whenever we start seeing ourselves and mm-hmm. seeing our sins, seeing our tendency and our flesh, um, man, we are the worst. Yeah. We are yeah. literally the worst. Yeah. Uh, and that, whenever we get into that type of introspection, especially on a regular basis, can lead us into this man, I, I really am terrible. Yeah. And we start beating ourselves up and that leads yeah. us into shame. Yeah. So I felt it was really important that we look scripturally. It's almost like God knew right. that yeah, this yeah, was yeah. that this was the pattern that was going to be taking place in our walk with him. So he gives us a little bit of insight right. into how he 
views our shame yeah. and views us in the midst of our shame. So yeah. that's what we covered yesterday. Yeah. And it was it sort of, you were talking yesterday about um, that analogy you used last week um, mm-hmm. of the office, yeah. the, the wrong, walking into the wrong mm-hmm. office um, definitely seemed to resonate with a lot of people. It did. Um, which was really cool. It's always nice when yeah, that sort of thing. Man, listen, there's, there's very few times that I can sit back and go, ah, got that one right. Yeah. That was yeah. one of them. I think it, it worked. Yeah. So like whenever we were talking about that analogy, you know, we were, uh, I think it definitely made a lot of people realize where they were. Do you know what I mean? Like realize that they were in a position where they kept walking into the wrong office and you were saying people, and I think all of us can resonate with the fact that we have multiple wrong offices mm-hmm. that we keep walking into all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, that might have, I think that was a good, a, a great starting point of realizing that maybe they might have been feeling a bit of shame yes. about that yes. to then be able to dive in and tackle, wait, before you dive into feeling shameful about that that's not exactly the right response. Yeah, and that, I, I wanted to kind of, not necessarily backtrack, but I kind of wanted to start at the beginning uh, yeah. because we started this Redeemer study in the book of Genesis, you know, mm-hmm. chapter two, chapter three, the, the fall of man. Uh, and that was the initial problem. And we look, you know, in, in the last verse of chapter two, mm-hmm. it talks about that they were naked right. and they were not ashamed. And then we see so quickly, and I don't know if we realize how quickly mankind fell into shame because the temptation happened. They disobeyed God. They ate of the fruit and then God, and it said that they crafted, you know, loincloths basically out of fig leaves and covered themselves because they realized they were naked. They hid from God out of shame, out of what they've done. And God came looking for them and find, you know, they, you know, God knew where they were obviously, but you know, uh, you know, they said we were naked yeah. And, you know, we, we were ashamed that we were naked. And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Who told you yeah. that you were naked? Yeah. So just how quickly we fall into shame. So right. I wanted to go back and set that up. Primarily, number one, to give us the, the origin story right. of it, but also to establish for all of these people that were feeling this shame and almost hopelessness right. about, man, I just keep walking into all of these wrong offices. Yeah. Um, you're, number one, you're not alone. Right. Number two, this is nothing new. You're not the first one mm-hmm. to be here. Yeah. So don't give up on yourself too quickly. As a matter yeah. of fact, um, we, we've got a little bit of an example about how God deals with that. Yeah. So I wanted to go back and make sure yeah. that we kind of establish that. Yeah, I also love that because it's, it makes it kind of clear that, uh, you know, before the fall, uh, shame was never part of God's plan for yes. hu- humans to experience. Yes. Um, you know, which is, I mean, same can be said for sickness and pain and and. and you know, all that kind of stuff. Fear and anxiety, yeah. which we may get into next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was definitely uh, um, nice to sort of go back to that, that origin mm-hmm. and realize that like this was a very quickly introduced, in fact, if not one of the first pointed out things mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the church hasn't always been good at dealing with shame. No. Um, we, if if anything, past, we've been yeah. guilty of heaping it on exactly. more. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's something that's great to try and tackle and, and turn around. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's definitely seemed to have been better in the in the past number of years. You know, agreed. Um, hopefully, not going too far the other way and never even talking about sin, yeah. which can also happen mm-hmm. within churches. So finding that middle balance of encouraging people to tackle their sin head on without making them feel hopeless yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's definitely a hard line to to draw right in the middle mm-hmm. um yeah but after so from from genesis we hopped way forward to uh luke 15 mm-hmm. um with that little uh, you're saying that we were diving into uh, hebrews 2 as yes. a little interim sort of connecting passage yeah so to speak. 
turn there now just yeah. to read that. I, I felt like, you know, we were going into the Gospels, mm-hmm. into a, uh, an example that Jesus gives of how God deals with our shame. Yeah. But I felt like we needed to bridge there because here we go from shame to how God deals with shame and the bridge is Jesus it's always Jesus the answer is always Jesus but very specifically we I felt like it was important for us to look at Hebrews chapter 2 verses 11 which says for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified Mm -hmm. again going back to life I I made the reference a couple times yesterday that hey I'm preaching the same message just different texts yeah, yeah. yeah and they're not exactly the same messages but it's the same yeah. point um and then it says all have one source that one source is jesus christ mm-hmm. that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers yeah he's not ashamed to call you his brother or sister yeah which just blows my yeah. mind yeah and i felt like that was a since we're dealing with shame mm-hmm. That was an important bridge that, number one, it's established that it's Jesus Christ. But that, number two, in all of these wrong offices that we keep walking into, Jesus isn't ashamed of that. He isn't ashamed to say that even in the midst of all of our struggles, all of our failings, our fallibilities, he's not ashamed to call you brother or sister. It just amazed me. And and then we we went into Luke chapter 15. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the the three parables, we only really talked about one of them. uh, I mean, you touched on the other ones just sort of to lead into each of them. Um, but I've always found the three parables interesting. I've never, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I've never really dived into the, the coin one. It doesn't, you know, you got a woman with a coin collection and she loses one and freaks out and starts yeah. flipping pillows and, you know, going crazy <laughs> trying to find. And and this was, this was part of it that was somewhat chopped for time because I couldn't get yeah, into yeah, either yeah, of the yeah. two. But one of the things that I don't think that we realize about that parable when we just uh-huh. read through it is how valuable those right. coins actually were. Right. Because that would have most likely signified an entire year's right. wage. Right. So think about it, that. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, any, any of the uh, things that I've read, and it doesn't give you that number mm-hmm. of... You know, it doesn't say it's a denarii or it doesn't say it's a talent or all of these different things, but mm-hmm. is, is talent most likely what it might have been? Or? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, with these with these being parables. Right. Um, that's true. You know, yeah. Jesus, is, Jesus is just the master storyteller. Yeah. And, yeah. and he can, <laughs> Jesus was so, you know, we all struggle for sermon illustrations. Right. Jesus was just a walking yeah. sermon illustration yeah. when, he, when he taught in parables. But this would have been like, you know, say... Say that there's 12 months. You know, we have 12 right. months in our year. Yeah. Um, I don't. I know very, very few people who you could take a month's worth of wages mm-hmm. and lose it, right. misplace it, and then not be affected by it. Yeah. I know that's not the case for me. Yeah. I doubt yeah. it is for you. Yeah. You know, if if I lose a month's wages, I am looking high that's and a, low. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, it was a big deal yeah. in that parable. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so then we dived into the parable of the lost son, which you you aptly renamed uh, by the by the end of it. But you know we'll get there. Yes, yeah. of uh, course that's my job is to rename parables, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One interesting thing about the parables actually again was uh, you were saying you know Jesus is a master storyteller, but despite that, people would walk away from his parables utterly confused. Oh yeah, half the time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, it, probably in a good way, you know, it's getting mm-hmm. them thinking. It's That's the them, purpose of them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know you and I have been listening to the Bible Project podcast, and mm-hmm. they've, they've done stuff on the parables recently that, like, blew my mind. Like, yeah. on a different... Anal- I mean, it was the same, but a different view on why he spoke in parables, because I think I was always taught the dumbed-down version of 
it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You yeah, know, that's your yeah. little phrase, and that was it. That was yeah. all we were taught. And uh, they definitely dive into that. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite explanation of the parables is um, I heard someone say one time that the parables are like a three-legged chair. Right. You can sit on them, uh-huh. but you can never get comfortable. Right. You're yeah, never just yeah. going to be able to kick yeah. back and not worry about it because you've got to constantly kind of keep your balance. Yeah. You, you can have a seat, but yeah. it's going to require some effort on your part to yeah. uh, to keep balanced. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that. Um, but yeah, so the parable of the lost son, you got, you got this rather strange family story. Yeah, and there's just so much culturally from right. that story. A- again, understanding that Jesus is talking about Pharisees mm-hmm. who were not only well-versed Mm-hmm. in Old Testament law, mm-hmm. but were extremely well-versed in culture mm-hmm. uh, because they, they created most of the laws. Yeah. So they would have known immediately violations of the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, just culturally, religiously, whatever, they would have been the first ones to go, that violation. Yeah. And yeah. this story is just full of them. And, and I really didn't have time to dive into that. Yes, they don't really have time now. Yeah. Yeah. But every person that Jesus talks about in this parable mm-hmm. is in violation of cultural laws right. and cultural standards and what's found to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I said that this wasn't so much a the product. It's not a parable of the prodigal son, although that's what we identify mm-hmm. it as and most certainly is a key element in this. Yeah. This is a story of what I termed an extravagant father right. uh, because the father is the one who is maybe in more vi- in the most violation of cultural standard standards right. and norms in right. this whole parable yeah because the, the prodigal son you know he wants the inheritance yeah the inheritance is what's supposed to come whenever your your parent dies yeah that's that's the point of an inheritance and he asks his father for his inheritance early which culturally meant a couple things yeah. number one i hate you mm-hmm. i can't stand you i don't want to be considered your son any longer yeah. and number two i wish you were dead mm-hmm. which at entry level would have been a violation of such gravity that it would have required mm-hmm. a public beating yeah. of this son. Yeah, because you were kind of saying that like um, it was a very high honor culture yes. back then versus now, which we don't really have that high honor culture. Yeah. Um, whereas back then it was, you know, your father was uh, a big figure that you were to respect mm-hmm. and obey all the time. And, and it was probably the equivalent of people calling their father sir, you know, yeah. uh, these sorts yeah. of days, which doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe sometimes happens out of the wrong reasons. You never know. But, right. um, but yeah, so, so, so the father sort of, uh, what was the, what's a good phrase for, he, um, almost degrades himself to yes. honor the son. Yes. Uh, yeah. by the end of that, which, yeah, he violates, violates cult- that yeah. was the word that was he, the word. he violates cultural standards right. and, and the law by honoring that request mm. by saying okay here take it so yeah. that you know we have one who is violating it by asking right we have another who's violating by honoring right the request uh, so that that's kind of the first yeah. couple violations we see here right. the son goes off into a distant country and it says that he spends his his inheritance on on horrible living right. uh partying you know, sexual immorality, prostitutes, yeah. All, yeah. name it. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, 
but there was also this transference that I had really never thought about to this week that I started putting some study into it, is that his inheritance would have been mm-hmm. in land, in livestock, in property, right. in, in assets such as that. So he had to liquidate that. Right. He didn't just get cash money. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the currency was at the time, he didn't receive that. So this thing that the father had worked and his probably his family, his yeah. generational stuff that was inheritance passed yeah. down from generation to generation, all of a sudden you have this son who's just going, I'll sell off my property. Yeah. I'll sell yeah. off the livestock. I need money to, you know, fund my, you know, debauchery here. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, and he it says he just blows through it, uh, living yeah. living with the pigs. You know, but most all of us who are listening to this know at least the high points of this story. Uh, that he wakes up, or he you know, has this moment to where it says Scripture says that he comes to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked about this a couple times, yeah. but just how much of a grace of God that is for us to be able to give sight mm-hmm. to our sin. We talked about that in the repentance. Yeah. Yeah, a sermon on this. Yeah, to sort of realize where you are, to realize where you need to get to. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, that definitely does seem to be something that the spirit does. It's that it's that aspect of being convicted, because um, I definitely know people who are not Christians, and you know, well, they're like, why would I need to become a Christian? I'm a good person, you know, but are are living in a way that would not be in line with clo- probably closer in line with what this son is is yeah. doing. Um, yeah, so eventually the son comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he comes to himself. He realizes that uh, even his even his father's servants had a better lifestyle than he has right now, and he's like, right, well, maybe I'll just go back and ask to be a servant. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not not worthy to be called a son anymore. I'll just be a hired servant in, yeah. in the family. And and he he it's almost like he pl- he prepares this little speech mm-hmm. in the story as well. And he's like, right, I'll say this, and this is what yeah. I'll do. And then he gets there, and he's like, he starts to say his his lines of like. You know, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son, and then the you know, yeah, the rest of all the stuff happens. Yeah, and and a, and a couple other violations here. You know, the father um, watches; uh-huh. he sees him coming in the distance. Uh, his father goes out to meet him, which is cultural violation. Yeah. the The son would have had to come back and beg right. forgiveness, sink himself so lowly, yeah. servant of servants, below the level yeah. of a servant, uh, and then. But the father goes out to meet him. It there's some. Uh, some things that indicate in this parable that it would have probably most likely taken place in in public. Right. And it would have been visible for people to see. The father shames himself first by running. Right. That's a cultural violation yeah. for a Middle Eastern man at this time, especially a father, a patriarch, yeah. to, to run. Uh, but then he meets his son, embraces him, kisses him, yeah. calls for the robe, calls for the sandals, calls for the ring. And one thing that I highlighted for this, and I think it's important, is the dude stank. Yeah. I mean, there was just no yeah. way yeah. that he smelled good. Right. He'd been with the pigs. He's yeah. been on a journey in the Middle Eastern climate. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not pleasant. So yeah. he's in the middle of his filth yeah. when the father embraces him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, obviously that whole parable is a picture of we are the son. Yep. Or we're one of the two sons. I mean, yep. there's another son that we didn't really talk about. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jesus, God the Father, is the father of the story, mm-hmm. um, who did, uh, you know, accept, you know, who was violated himself to glorify us, you know, yeah. uh, in the exact same way. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he took on our shame in that sense. He he gave us his robe, which you were, you were talking about the robe was like this 
very important yeah. piece. It was it was the his honor, his so honor. Yeah. yeah, and that that idea of of the father giving up his honor yeah. to elevate us. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus did. I yeah. mean, he was, you know, you see the picture of Jesus on the throne in his glory and in his honor, mm-hmm. versus when he was hanging on the cross. I mean. He definitely gave that up. Yeah, that to, substitutionary yeah, atonement thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's an interesting <laughs> bit. <laughs> it's a theological word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really great just to tackle that and sort of, um, you know, just pointing out that like shame was not supposed to be part of our experience mm-hmm. and that Jesus went out of his way to remove that from us yeah. and actually glorify us beyond what we were even, what we were in the first place. You know, we're now being honored to a point where he calls his brother and sister and we will, you know, be heirs of inheritance with him and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, um, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. His, his response to us in the midst of our shame yeah. when we're in Christ Jesus is he embraces us. Yeah. He puts on that identity, the adoption right. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, you know, regardless of what implication comes from a cultural society standpoint, mm-hmm. God meets us right. where we are, how we are. And claims us as his own. Yeah. And that's how God deals with our shame. Right. Yeah. It's, it, there's no way that you or I could articulate just the depths of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and how incredible yeah. that concept is. There, there's not there's not words for it. It's yeah. just not there. Yeah. Um, one other little thing. I know we'll dive into things that we, we cut out here mm-hmm. uh, in, in a second. But uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. But the 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 back in those days... Um, the oldest son, whenever the inheritance was split, the oldest son would receive two thirds of the inheritance mm-hmm. and the younger son would receive one third. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was just something I, I got thinking about that because whenever the older son comes back and he's grumbling and complaining and he's already received his inheritance and it was twice what the other son received. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and he's sitting grumbling and complaining despite yeah. the fact that he never left the father's side. Mm-hmm. He was always there and he was always had that blessing. He had. And the father makes that say, all I have yeah. is yours. Yeah. And it's yeah. always been. And I, you know, you made that statement that we've all been the prodigal. The reality is, is we've all been both yeah. of the sons yeah. at some point yeah. in our lives, maybe both at the same time. Yeah. If we're yeah. being honest, we've, we've been the one in shame yeah. in sin mm-hmm. and in misery that has come back and been embraced by the father. And at the same time, we've been uh, the judgmental, bitter older brother right. because Jesus uh, is embracing others right. that we don't feel are worthy to be embraced right. by him. Yeah. It's like, I've been going to these prayer meetings for 20 years and this person just, just came along, became a Christian last week. Have, have we mentioned that we are really the worst? Yeah. We are truly the worst. <laughs> yeah. I was actually talking with a friend of mine last night after youth and he, uh, he started going to this new church back home. And um, I mean, he's been, he was a youth pastor for years and he's been involved in the church for, you know, 30 years. And, uh, and one of the people who he met through that church became a Christian four months ago and he is on fire yeah. for Jesus. Awesome. He, he was like so jealous. He was like, God, I've been doing this forever. Anyway, anyway, back on topic. <laughs> so yeah, other stuff to do with shame. What did we, what do we have to cut this week? Um, one of the things is just the, what I called, uh, the foundation of shame. Right. And I kind of mentioned it in passing at the end, um, from the standpoint of if we look at our anger, Mm-hmm. You know, the anger in our life, the frustration in our life, uh, even even the lust, um, the sin in our lives, yeah. so much of that finds its rooting in our shame right. because of we have such a low view of ourselves because mm-hmm. of our failures. We all have this 
self-ideal that we work from of who we think we should be or who we ought to be or need to be. And we fall so woefully short of that on a consistent moment-by-moment daily basis that we begin to devalue ourselves. Uh, And and that's a weird balance to find also because, you know, the Apostle Paul instructs us, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Uh, But I think that there's a flip side to that coin too, to that statement. I don't think that we need to think less of ourselves than what we ought to. So that's that's a really difficult balance. Yeah. to find there and oftentimes um you know our, our shame will lead to anger um which comes into self-abuse mm-hmm. uh, we can abuse ourselves yeah. uh and and there's so many things that we have a wrong ideal of who we need to be that's shaped by our culture right. from uh where we work where we're from where we live what we drive who we're in relationship with who we hang out with uh, you know, all of these types of things, even to the place of how we look, mm-hmm. you know, from this yeah. airbrushed, photoshopped right. society and culture that we live in, all of these things lead us into shame. Right. Uh, and if we don't have that identity through the adoption mm-hmm. which Christ offers us, then all of these downward spirals that we see in our lives are going to continue because we're trying to um, find our identity in the right. wrong things. And then that self-abuse becomes relational abuse mm. and abuse of people, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's verbal, anything, yeah. uh, whether it's manipulation, that's where all of these things begin to... And I, I never really understood that or had my eyes open yeah. to that of how how dangerous shame is in our life. Right. And especially when we're talking about these downward spiral things, yeah. the only when we're focusing on those, the only remedy that we can find for a temporary problem is a temporary solution. And that's what often leads us into addiction, yeah. leads us into the the celebrate recovery stuff, the hurts, yeah. hang ups, uh, you know, or habits. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible, all of these things that kind of sprout out of shame. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting as well, because, I mean, there's not, I mean, my, my mind immediately went to like, well, what about those who we can see in the celebrity circles or the public circles, or even in Christian circles, who are more uh, narcissistic mm-hmm. and full of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in thinking about it while you were talking there, I was, I was realizing that I, I know a few people who are very prideful full of themselves type of people or who were like that and then whenever you actually get to know them you realize that they're they're miserable yeah yeah you know deep, insecure deeply, yeah yeah and yeah, they yeah. are a powerless person who is masquerading as someone who's powerful yeah yeah and i think we can all definitely resonate with that a bit you know no matter what yeah. face we put on in public agreed um which yeah because I was, I was just trying to think well where does that fit in for those who are on the opposite side of the spectrum. And I was actually realizing it's like, hang on, they're probably even further not in the spectrum mm-hmm. than, than everyone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you also dived into, at the very end, you talked a little bit about compliments. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go, go over that again. Cause okay. that was, that was uh, really good. Yeah. I think we, uh, we have trouble receiving right. praise, mm-hmm. uh, which on one level, that's good. Right. Um, because we don't want to bring attention to ourselves. Sure. We don't, again, want to think more highly of ourselves than yeah. we ought to. Uh, but there comes a time, if you ever try to compliment someone, like truly yeah. compliment someone, notice the amount of eye contact that they make with yeah. you. It's almost zero. Yeah. Unless it's someone who's extremely narcissistic yeah. um, or who has a really good grasp 
on their relationship with God and why you're complimenting them. Right. Um, now, there's a huge difference between those two, and I realize that those are completely polar opposites right. of one another. But our first, foremost, primary reason and first calling is to bring glory to God. Yeah. So we try to deflect all of this praise and yeah. you know, this cherishing that people do for us because it's really difficult for us to understand that God cherishes us. Mm-hmm. That's not a concept we're comfortable with. Yeah. So we try to deflect all of these things, and we're uncomfortable yeah. when they come. My thought that I threw out there was, let's talk about this concept of what if the person is not glorifying you by complimenting you, mm-hmm. but they're glorifying God by what they're what God is doing through you. Yeah. Um, how do we position ourselves then? Yeah. Are we going to deny God being glorified? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that, that that becomes really really difficult. Yeah. And I threw out the you know kind of the concept of how can we ever think that we're going to be comfortable receiving a crown in heaven because of what God has done through us here on earth if we can't receive compliments and praise for right. what he's doing for us here on earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are we honestly going to look at, at this crown that's going to be given to us and go, no, thanks, I don't yeah. know, it's not me, you know, and then just start doing the the thing of looking around and yeah. not making eye contact. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have a real, real struggle. Right. With um, being able, and I meant to tell a story, and and we're getting low on time, but yeah. I, I meant to tell a story yesterday, and I forgot to do it, and I'll I'll do it yeah, here. Um, I was at a conference one time. Uh, the keynote speaker was a pastor that I'm very close to, mm-hmm. and I went to support him and and to kind of fellowship and spend some time with him. And they had a, a lady do a song there, and uh, he at the end of the session. He and I were standing there talking, and she came up to you know shake his hand and, and thank him for the word that he brought. And he said, you know, that was a fantastic job. Thank you so much for that song. And she went, oh, brother, don't, don't thank me. That was all Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he looked at her, and he went, no, I'm pretty sure he would have done a better job. <laughs> and I was like, no, wow. Uh, but, you know, just that, that false humility of all oh, that was just, no, he would have actually probably done yeah. better. But just that learning and being comfortable in our humility to yeah. go, thank you, glory to God. Yeah. Praise yeah. God for that. Yeah. Or even turning it into an opportunity to talk about Jesus. Exactly. If someone compliments you and just be yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, you know, God put me in this position this time and it was just fantastic. It was yeah. so cool that, that happened. And, and, and even the simplicity of recognizing the gifting and right. glorifying God that he's given you the gifting yeah. that they're complimenting you yeah. about. Yeah, and that's really cool. I, I, yeah, I mean, I know we're pretty much out of time here, but like that was one thing I've learned a lot actually from coming to America in, in a sense. So back home, we don't compliment each other. <laughs> we just have a really strong, negative, sarcastic mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, if you compliment somebody, it's with a sort of, it's got an edge to it. Yeah, it's either got an edge to it or it's actually an insult in a mm-hmm. joking way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you insult somebody in a way that's like clearly you're lying yeah. in that, yeah. that's your way of saying that you actually did a good job. You know, so um, so whereas in America, sometimes it's actually too far the other way. And yep. It's just like yep. so over the top and a compliment doesn't even mean anything anymore. Um, and that's something like my wife and I as well, like when she spent time in Ireland, we, we've found this middle ground where we're trying to get to, we're still trying to get there. I really struggle with compliments just because mm-hmm. it's so weird. Yeah. Like we just don't, one, because we don't do it back home, which is actually terrible. Um, and, you know, here it's the polar opposite. So, you know, that's something God's definitely teaching me is like, 
finding that middle ground of like accepting a compliment without letting it go to your head um, and sort of what you were talking about of throwing the crowns at his feet mm-hmm. when you receive them mm-hmm. and I appreciated your casting crowns thanks man there were the two people and I think it was yeah. you and Kylie yeah. that kind of chuckled at that <laughs> yeah um, if you, don't know, if you, you don't get know, used to it after a while yeah if you don't know what that joke is you gotta go watch Sunday and, yeah and yeah listen and to the sermon yeah. and my pathetic attempt at humor it was good it was good it was uh, not your best attempt but definitely not your worst either yeah you know, there's, there you go there's a good there's a good spectrum of other ones there. Glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what were there any other things that you were wanting to throw in there? No, I, th- I think that's uh, that pretty well covers it. Cool. I mean, there was a ton of stuff, but I, I, I think those are the, the couple that's, uh, that, that really I had to think, okay, can I get into this? Can yeah. I not? So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you everyone for chiming in and tuning in for Chop for Time. Yeah, they can't there's chime so many, in on There's this. so many like ch- time. I'm, I fail at saying chopped for time every time so thank you for tuning in for a chopped for time this week <clears throat> do you want me to just have do a, a voice over and we'll just add let's it to just the do end that of, okay let's, sure why not right. well <laughs> have bye. a great week guys <laughs>